it's not about telling that investor and showing the investor everything about your business in the first meeting. Like the goal and the purpose of the meeting is to get them to to take another meeting where they actually dig deeper into product, where they do the product demo, where they dig deeper into your financials or go-to-market strategy. And I think the story is really the most important part because especially at the earlier stages, you want to have at least where we look product market fit, but it's not necessarily how much revenue you, you have. It's just kind of a story around it and how you're going to capture, you know, much, much bigger piece of the market or even create a market over time. So I think, I think really crafting the narrative and practicing it. This is the Top VC Podcast, and I'm your host, Adam O'Donnell, based in San Francisco. I'm on a mission to help founders oversubscribe their next round by learning from top VCs and entrepreneurs. Early stage venture fund, been around for a little over 30 years, uh, all based here in the Bay Area. Fund, we're really looking for early stage companies, kind of seed series A tends to be the sweet spot. We sort of invest across both B2B and B2C. We, we, we do invest a little bit in kind of hardware and, and deep tech, but I'd say software is kind of the core of the portfolio. Can you tell us about an industry that you're excited about? You know, me personally, spend a lot of time kind of in, in you know, in the healthcare space, spend a lot of time kind of looking at the infrastructure and, uh, you know, infrastructure side of, of kind of the healthcare industry. I think, you know, most of us know that it's pretty antiquated and there's a lot of kind of opportunities uh, to, uh, to, to kind of build next generation infrastructure and software uh, to enable providers to provide better care. And so spending a lot of time there, I also think within sort of the healthcare system, there are some interesting opportunities on uh, on the financial services side. It's, it's, it's sort of interesting. I think we've all had, a, a, you know, an experience or two that have been pretty poor with regards to like paying for healthcare, understanding what you're paying for, uh, you know, dealing with, with insurance uh, and the provider and sort of oftentimes being the middle there uh, and kind of the middleman to make sure that that uh, you know the insurance company is paying for uh, for the the care that they should be paying for, and and, uh, and you're not on the hook there. Yeah, you're not like looking for industries that are completely overlooked because almost everything has been found. It's more just finding the the winners in the in the new edge of where things are. Most people might consider boring or kind of like you know dirt on your fingernail type type industries. Uh, healthcare is not necessarily that, but it is an industry that's been slow moving, and we, we see the same thing across transportation, you know, and logistics. You see a lot of that in in construction and and a lot of other industries. Well, what's one of the most impactful strategies that you would suggest to a founder who's raising in an environment like this? It's always really important to have uh, have a plan. <laughs> uh, it goes kind of, it kind of goes without saying, but I think yeah. I think it's something that's often overlooked and underestimated by by founders early on, especially at the early stage that they maybe haven't gone through you know, multiple kind of rounds of fundraising and, and have had investors that have coached them along the way. I think being very, very structured around uh, around your plan and like around your fundraising process, I think is is very important and something that I think is underestimated at the earlier stages. So, I mean, things that kind of come to mind on that front is just, first of all, just like have a good understanding of your timeline. So when when do you run out of capital or, or kind of when are you, are you, um, when you think you'll hit certain milestones and, some, and then kind of work backwards from there. Um, and so that you have kind of a clear timeline and leave yourself a buffer to actually do the fundraising process. Can we um, pull apart the timeline before you go to the next one? Yeah. Just to, like, so what, what is that? Like, what are those actual months? If you're saying like 24 months, a runway, 36 months, a runway, 18 months, like where do you begin those conversations? Yeah. I mean, I think I would, I would probably, uh, especially in an environment like this, I, I would probably start thinking about, preparing and having early conversations probably, you know, eight to 12 months before I run out of capital, if not even sooner than that. One, it takes time to kind of, you know, prepare and then it takes time to do the process. And assuming you end up in an environment where, you know, where it's tough to raise capital for whatever reason, you want to make sure you have a buffer. Um, and, and I think it also leaves you a little bit of time to start having early conversations 
uh, to start getting some feedback from from people so that you can continue to refine your pitch. You can continue to kind of internalize that feedback. I love and so, that. Uh, and so making sure that you're starting well ahead of when you actually need capital is super important. And it also um, it also makes sure that like you also don't want to be in a position where you're raising from a position of weakness, right? Like you want to make sure that you have capital uh, and uh, and that you're not necessarily becoming desperate because you're running out of money in, in you know two months. Yeah, because you're trying to de-risk the opportunity for right. the VC fund. <laughs> and it's like, I, I think that sometimes when founders, the, the, when new founders try to sell themselves, like, hey, like we need capital, you know, to get this or like, we really need this or it's not going to work. And you're like, whoa, like that's the worst thing, even though it seems slightly twisted because it's like, oh, well, that's what VCs do. They give capital. It's like, no, they only give capital to things that are already working and that yeah. just need some fuel in the fire to continue to blow up. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I think also when you start early, it gives you an opportunity to also kind of look at alternatives, right? So if you, it might not be the best outcome or what you want, but if you, if you at least start having conversations early on and you start a process early on and you kind of hit a wall, uh, okay, is there, is there another way I can get some capital, maybe, you know, non-dilutive or it's just scraping together some, some, something from angels or for your friends, or whatever, just to kind of keep you going to the next milestone or, um, or you might have to kind of look at an, a, you know, a soft landing or, or kind of find a, a home for the business. And again, you, you know, you ideally want to discover that sooner, sooner rather than later. And so I think starting eight to 12 months ahead of time to at least be, be preparing and having some early conversations, I, I think it's a good idea. So you're, you're at eight to 12 months before you would actually need money or, or uh, what, what does that outreach look like to the VC? Like, and maybe you could give an example to you, like an example of a founder emailing you at that time that you would say, I'm just not going to take the call versus one that you're like, yeah, definitely. This makes sense. As you're starting to prepare and you're starting to think about your fundraising process and you're starting to, uh, you've kind of nailed the timeline of, of this is when I want to start a process, call it, you know, a, a full-blown process, call it six months from now. Yeah. Um, I would start thinking about who would be the ideal investors, uh, not just from, you know, uh, like a like a optical perspective, but like who do you think would be the best investors for me? Who would understand my business? Who invested in companies similar to mine before, uh, and who are lead investors? And and that's kind of where I would start. And then I would continue to build out that list. And then I would start going uh, to other funds that maybe aren't necessarily as you know they they wouldn't necessarily lead or they could be fallen investor. But I would start building a really long list of investors that could be potential uh, you know investors for the next round. And then I would. Um, and then I would literally start going through them one on one and try to understand what's the best way in or best route into that fund. And that could be through uh, an employee at your company, it could be through other founders or friends that you have, it could be through investors on the cap table, uh, just you know, through your network, what's kind of the best. It could be from other investors that aren't, you know, necessarily, you know, invested in your business yet or you've had conversations with in the past. So try to understand what's the best route into that fund. Uh, and start doing that early. So you have a clear understanding of you know, who, uh, who is sort of the owner or the person that's going to introduce me to this fund um, so that you're very structured around that. So you don't waste time trying to figure that out. What's the wording on that messaging? If I'm, if I'm like, if I had a company like that, so I'm not the founder, I'm just making an introduction to you, Tobias. <laughs> just uh, hypothetically, I'm sure this will actually happen. And a, a founder's in that exact stage. Do I say, hey, I got a company that I want you to check out and here's why, or do I say they're, they're actively, you know, they're not raising at the time. I need to make that really clear. Um, like what is that messaging like that? You're just like, boom, or is it just around the thesis of what they're working on and how it aligns to you and maybe that kind of stuff? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll give you, 
I'll give you an example, you know, something that comes from a different, uh, you know, a friend at a different fund, for example, that, that might be a later stage, but they have spent time with the founder and realized it was, you know, not the right stage for them. Um, typically, that's a very, very, you know, brief overview of like, listen, I spoke to this, this founder, they have an interesting business, this is what they're doing, this is why I think it's interesting, um, but this is why, you know, it might not be a fit for our fund, uh, you know, at this point. And, uh, you know, high level on, on what the company's doing and then, and then ask for an introduction. It also helps if, if you know, you, someone say something like, I think you'd be a good fit for this, or I think you'd understand it, or the founders, you know, think highly of your fund and a little bit of, you know, flatter helps as well. But that's typically what it, what it kind of um, boils down to. It's very simple. Um, so, but, but, it, but I think a warm introduction versus uh, a cold outreach is, for the most part, I think I think investors tend to 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 take those meetings more often than than kind of a cold outreach from a founder. That's that's so good. I I love that. When when I was at Mighty Capital, like we we would say you can have um like cold outreach, like no problem, just reach out to us. And I think a lot of funds say that, and it, I think they actually mean it. But it's interesting when I went and looked at the data on companies that were actually invested in. None of them, at least at that point when I was there, had come from a cold outreach. <laughs> so maybe it's changed by now. But either way, it's not like a big channel. The biggest channel was other VCs. Yeah. That saying that are you know we weren't a lead investor, so it was like most most of the best companies that we yeah. invested in came from leads that were like, hey, we would love you to participate because of this reason. But that's that goes back to the other concept of like if you're a founder solving for one, and I in the list that you just talked about, you said make sure that they're a lead investor, and beginning those conversations, and those are going to be able to fill out the rest of your round if it's the right, right lead investor. Exactly, and you know I don't want to discourage anyone from sending any 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 cold emails because because we do we do take meetings with founders that reach out to us cold. Yeah. I, I just think it's it's much easier to get noticed and your likelihood of getting a meeting is much higher if there's a warm introduction. So, I mean, it's a similar for, for the VC, right? You know, if we get an introduction to a founder, uh, they're more likely to take the meeting than if I reach out directly for the most part. That's so good. It's just, it's just the way that we, the, the way that we work as humans, you know? Right. So, um, I know we have, I've kind of hijacked this plan that you've talked about around just timeline, but I think that the timeline is so helpful and the details that you just shared are so helpful. So just kind of in conclusion, is there any other major piece of the plan before you start that you'd like to share that we could um, hit on? Yeah, I, I mean, I think I see more often than, 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 you know, than I would have thought, it's really just around your story and your pitch. Uh, so part of starting to kind of identify the investors uh, that you do want to target is like prepare your pitch, make sure you have a structured kind of uh, pitch that, that really tells the story uh, of, of, of what you're doing, the problem you're solving, how you're solving it and why, why now. Uh, and then, and then obviously touch them like, you know, how are you kind of reaching your customer and all that kind of stuff. But I think the story is really the most important part because especially at the earlier stages is there is, there is obviously, you know, you want to have uh, at least where we look typically product market fit, but it's not necessarily how much revenue you, you have. It's just kind of a story around it and how you're going to capture, uh, you know, much, much bigger piece of the market or even create a market over time. So I think, I think really crafting the narrative and practicing it, mm. uh, practicing it with, with you know other founders because if you if you have founders in your network they've most likely done this before and they they have great feedback for you um practice it with you know existing investors on the cap table uh not necessarily just the partner or the person that you're working with but other members of the team that might have a different perspective and uh, uh and, and can kind of help you craft your story uh, i think it's mm -hmm. super important so that when you you know because the last thing that you want is is being in a meeting and and the in the investor passing because it was just not, not a good pitch and they didn't understand the story. That's like the last thing you want. And so that's something that I think is, is also super important, but sometimes overlooked and it's, it's very obvious, but I, I do meet with, 
you know, we'd find a show like from, from time to time that, that, that may have not spent as much time crafting the story and the narrative as much as they should have. That's it's, I know it's, I know it sounds basic. Like I know, even as you're saying it, you're like, I know this, but like it is, it's so overlooked and isn't it ironic that the most important and impactful things are not the necessarily the undiscovered things, but the things that are right in front of us that we're just not taking seriously enough. Yeah. We're not being intentional yeah. about. And I think it's important to, to, to understand that it's not about telling investor and showing the investor everything about your business in the first meeting. Like the goal and the purpose of the meeting is to get them to uh, to take another meeting where they actually dig deeper into product, where they do the product demo, where they dig deeper into your financials, your uh, go-to-market strategy. And so, um, so having a really crisp pitch yes. that gets them, uh, you know, over that hump to the second meeting, which, uh, which is really what you want. Well, Tobias, thank you so much for your time. This has been amazing. Yeah, thank you very much, Adam. It's been great. Awesome. Always appreciate it. Boom. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Top VC Podcast. Once again, I'm your host, Adam O'Donnell. Check out my LinkedIn. Always willing to reach out, connect if you have questions, if you want introductions. There's a lot more than just a podcast.